One woman. One man. Two two kids. kids, A dog. Over 20 years of sharing the ups and downs of life together. In a crazy town called Los Angeles. And yet we are still in love. You're listening to This Rom-Com Life. On this podcast, we discuss marriage, relationships, and everything else in between. Join us for an open, honest, and unapologetic journey. Then they fall out. Push me back in. Pull me out. As other nurse comes over, she like unplugs some things, starts blowing on them. Sometimes it's just these machines. You just got to blow on this stuff. And they'll, you know how, how uh, computers are. I was like, okay. Yeah. Talk myself back in. Put one back in because I'm like, I can do this started pulled me back out yes I'm still right you know what I think we're gonna have to um I think we're gonna have to restart the whole computer it's this beautiful huge MRI machine we're gonna, so it takes like five ten minutes that'll solve the problem we'll get you back in the MRI no worries okay sit back down they put a blanket on me wait there five ten minutes I'm about to get back in the MRI machine. This time I was smart. I was like, can we have different music? I don't need the like, I just want 80s. Something to sing along with in my head. Start to go in. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to run to the restroom. Since it's been like half 40 minutes, I go to the restroom, come back, and they won't let me. And I'm like, I'm ready for my MRI. And the nurse is like, can you just sit out here for a second? We're still trying to figure out this machine a little bit. Mm. And I, I was like, I knew it. They're not going to get this thing fixed. Because even though, like, the first time I was like, is there another machine we should go to? When they were already, they're like, well, it doesn't have the breast panel and not really, it's being used. So they're like, yeah, this machine isn't working. This is after two hours. Oh my gosh. And I was like, they're like, there is another machine, but somebody's on it for another 15 minutes and then we got to clean it and then we got to transfer it. And I was like, so I'm probably going to be here like another two or three hours. And, and, the nurse kind of shrugged her shoulders like, I'm, I have to reschedule. I had a dentist appointment. I have Sherry coming on our podcast. Oh, like, you I can't change so, it. No, yeah. but that's not even why. I actually did have a dentist appointment at one down the street. And anyways, I'd already been there. I didn't want to sit mm-hmm. for a procedure that's supposed to take 40 minutes. I didn't want to sit there for four hours. So we had a nice drive down to Los Angeles. Cedars, we hung out. I got my hair trimmed. Huh? Oh, yeah. Hey, I got my multitasking. <laughs> And yeah. we drove back, but we had a kids-free morning, yeah. which was nice. He so, was really good at seeing the bright side of it. Yeah. For me, for it some reason. It was good for us to hang out I've for just, a couple yeah. hours. Yeah, it's got to be tough when you've got kids, you yes. know, to find that Trying to time. make the best out of every situation. But anyways, I got a little chippy because I'm going to stop at Costco for a couple things. And I was being chippy. And so that was why we were... A little irritable this morning. I was like... Now we're fine. Yes, yeah. we are. Get back on track. <laughs> that was what we started the conversation with, like, why I was chippy. I, and then I I apologized because it was my fault. I was like, why don't you bring in the car? Why don't you... Th-? And, and well, he was being a great... It was not his fault. He did everything in the world he could to help me this morning. And I was just... Well, you were, you were nervous. Yeah. You know? Exactly. A little tight. You know, and that people handle that differently. So, you know, it's it's challenging. When you've got something that you don't know health-wise, well, you know. It's, totally. It's You're funny right. because I wasn't even nervous until I sat, realized how nervous I was until I sat there. Because I try not to let like the negative thoughts in my head. Mm-hmm. But I was sitting waiting for the MRI there and I was like, oh my God, what if they find something? Mm-hmm. What, you know, that happens. And I was like trying to push out that negative thought. But I mean, anything's possible. It right? always goes so, through your mind. Yeah. It, it might be bad. As much as I want to try and not think about it now. Lamar, who sorry, are we speaking with? I know. I was just thinking <laughs> we should probably start and introduce our guest today. Uh, Sherry Nichols. Her brand, her, what would you call it? Your um, your website, everything you do is called the Divine Institute. The Divine Love Institute. Oh, the Divine Love Institute. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. The Divine Love Institute. So the funny thing is, how did we meet? Walking our dogs. Right. So funny. And Dan and I were on a walk. We were walking sunny. And here comes this cute little dog and this pretty little lady. And we just started talking right across the street. And something about you, I was like, I don't remember how we got started. But I was like, what do you do? And then you you started to tell me a little bit about it. I mean, and so I was like, 
if you ever would like to come on our on our podcast, this is so interesting. And I'm so glad you you did. Well, and you guys were so lovely to invite me to come on. And I just thought you were both amazing. And it was just a, a really fun idea. Okay. So, so thank, thank you for you. having me. Thank you for being Thanks. here. Before we get started, why don't, you, why don't you start a little bit about who you are mm -hmm. and then how the Divine Love Institute came to be? Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, basically, I am a spiritual coach and I'm also a healer. I'm an, uh, an author and um, a speaker. And how I got into all of this, if I can just kind of backtrack a little bit, is that I was in a, in a relationship, in a marriage, and um, about six days before I was going in for in vitro, I discovered my husband was having another life with another person and um, planning to leave. And so as, you know, if you haven't been through it, it, it's shocking. It's absolutely devastating. And that's, I can remember just finding out and standing and shaking. And I did not stop shaking for three days. And uh, it was, it was heartbreaking. It was just really heartbreaking. And so um, after I discovered that, and he left, um, I just, you know, couldn't stop crying was really just the worst thing that had ever happened to me up until that point. And uh, I remember this one night in Los Angeles, you know, it doesn't rain that much here, though it's raining a little bit today, but it, it you know, typically it doesn't rain a lot. And I remember just sitting there sobbing. I was still in that gut-wrenching place of heartbreak. And I could just hear the rain coming down on the roof on the window panes and it just echoed in the house and it just made me all the more aware of how alone I felt and I gone through a whole box of Kleenex and I got up to go into the bathroom and uh, get some more tissue and I caught a glimpse of myself in the mirror and I didn't like what I saw because not only was my face red and swollen and you know all puffy but I didn't recognize myself. I somehow over the years, it's like I was seeing myself for the first time in years and I just had lost myself. And what I realized was, and I don't know for any of you listening, if that's ever happened to you, you know, where yeah. you've looked in the mirror, you've kind of been like, where did I go? Because I think it's, it's common for it's women. Common. I feel like it's very common, especially for women, true, because... You know, whether you have a career and you're married, if you have kids, if that, you have these certain goals or expectations and you you start running towards that goal, whether it's like, I want to accomplish this by the time by the time I reach this age and some things you don't even realize. And then one day you look at yourself and you're like, who am I? What's what's going on here? Yeah. And so even, you know, and that's kind of where I was at. I was really. Uh, what I realized in looking back was that I had made my significance all about my career and my identity was all about my career and I was the breadwinner and that's where I sourced my power. And what did you do? I was in the garment industry. Okay. Yeah, I started, I did start your book. So yeah. what's the name of your book? It's Sexy and Sparkling After 40. And it's downloadable on the Divine Love Institute the, website, on your website. Right? Absolutely, so, for free. Yeah. Yes. So I love this story. So you had made your life all about your career. You were the breadwinner. Your husband was from another country, right? Where was he from? Turkey. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Different culture, uh, different ideas about things. And, um, you know, I thought I was, this is the thing I think for women. I thought I was doing everything right. Right. I mean, I thought, okay, I am, you know, doing this for us. I, uh, you know, we want, there were so many things that we wanted in our life and little did I know that, you know, I was putting all that energy and all that commitment into my career, really leaning into that masculine energy of doing, doing, doing. And, um, you know, I always say this, two men in a marriage don't work, you know? Well put. <laughs> right. You know, and I think that that is really common in America. It really is because we have such a work ethic here. And, um, you know, it, I remember meeting this woman. She was so beautiful from Asia. And... 
she was telling me, you know, she was very successful businesswoman, but she said, you know, it's not, it's not, it's nobody's, it's none of the women's fault in America. You just, that's how you're raised. She said, we are raised to remember to be in our feminine at certain times. And then there's times to be in your doing energy. And so that's when I really, you know, it really struck me that in trying to be what I thought was um, the most significant version of me, I ended up losing everything, but most significantly losing myself. But you're not blaming yourself though, right? I was at the time. Yeah, not anymore, certainly. But I was at the time because I felt like, you know, when you've been betrayed, um, I don't know if you've ever been betrayed, but I think we all Not have. Not on that level. But That's yeah, a different level. on some level, probably we all have, whether yeah. it's a friendship, a boss at work, you know, you know, a parent maybe or a sibling. I mean, we've all had some, maybe not that with a marriage, but I'm sure some people have. A lot of people that I know are divorced because of affairs and things like that. So, I mean... Yeah, it's when it happens to you, it's devastating. And so, you know, when I was saying I went into the bathroom, I didn't recognize myself anymore. What I what happened for me that moment, it was a very defining moment, was I thought to myself, you know what, Sherry, it's sink or swim time. Either you keep going with these pity parties, or you pick yourself up, and you move forward, and you create a new chapter in your life. Right. And so in that moment, I made that decision. But to answer your question, Dan, yeah, I, as soon as I said, yeah, I'm going to swim, I'm going to do it, I actually became terrified because I thought, you know what, what if I'm flawed? What if nobody else will ever want me? What if I really am not enough? What if, what if, what if? And, you know, because I had been sourcing my significance from my work. Mm-hmm. Because you were so successful, you were getting praise and different things. So you. So now you're questioning yourself. Yes. And your value. Yeah, and you're not sure who you are, because you're th- you know all of my confidence and my strength was in my work. Right. Wow. And then in the personal life, and I I found I have really found this with a lot of women. They can be so successful in their business life, but not so much in their personal yeah. life. And so that's where, you know, that flip came in to really questioning everything. And so I made that decision. I was going to change. And, you know, changing, there's never a convenient or comfortable time to change, right? right? But I thought, you know, I'm going to do it. So I went out and I studied and I learned everything I could about transformation. I studied with the top people. Uh, I really invested a lot of resources, a lot of time to figure out, you know, what happened? How did I get there? And then in the course of doing that, then, you know, because I really wanted, I wanted to make a difference in people's lives. I really wanted to have that experience. As I mentioned, I was going in for in vitro. I'd been trying to get pregnant for three years. And so I thought, you know, I want to feel that feeling of making a difference in somebody's life and learning what is it like to give and receive and expand in love. And there were so many places I wanted to travel to and do it as, as a family. And so as we fast forward through all of this, I, I was able to take my learning and take my experiences and take my deep dives and put it all together and write a book and created a system called the Sparkle System to help other women. Because I kept getting this nudge, you know, the, I'm this not the happened. Only one. This happened. Yeah, this happened for a reason. So let's make lemonade out of the mm, lemon. I love that. And w- what can you do with it? What did you learn from it? And who can you help with it? And so I uh, wrote my book, and then I had the opportunity to uh, get certified and become a coach and a mind body expert. And I learned modalities that really helped women to um, take that pain and transform it into peace. I want to, I want to start, we'll talk later because that's fascinating to me and it really resonates. So do you feel like this is what you were always meant to do? And as hurtful as the marriage breaking up and the devastation in a way it had to happen so that you could find your, your true meaning and path and what you were supposed to be doing. Absolutely. And not only my true path, but to find out not only who I am, 
but whose I am. Because when we understand how loved we are, when we connect with, I call it God, but whatever that is for you, whatever higher power that is for you, that's where your true strength comes from. That's where your true confidence, that's, that's the true power. And that's why I call it your diamond power, because we are all that spark. We're all that spark. And what I love about what I was shown years ago before I started my business was I was shown that inside each of us is a diamond and that it just gets covered with all the gunk, the curveballs, the disappointments, things not working out. And unless we really understand whose we are and how to move through it, we can get buried in all of it. So you do you work on how to like shine that diamond, how to uncover all the gunk, dig it up basically? Is that what it is? That is my passion. Wow. That is absolutely my passion. Okay, but how did you get there? How did you get from being this super successful, high-powered person working in the garment industry, right? Starting to, you know, search for, you know, how to help yourself, seeing, meeting all these mentors and different people. Was it baby steps? At what point did you say, I can quit my job in the, you know, corporate world and now do this? How did that happen? Well, it was a journey. It it wasn't just an overnight thing for me, but I, I had such a desire to do something more significant with my life. Not that being in any, you know, other type of, of a career isn't significant, but for me, that was the nudge. I I kept having this nudge to, it was a calling. It's my calling to help other women to move past the pain, the hurt, and really understand their significance. Because what I can tell you, what I know for sure from talking to thousands of women is that so many of us believe that our identity and our value and our significance is based on what a man thinks of us or our accolades or it's something outside of ourselves. And so what happens when you have that as your uh, where you're sourcing your power from is that life is a roller coaster. Yeah. Right? It's a roller coaster because we're all human. And even if you're in the greatest relationship, it's we're all human. peaks and valleys. Right. Yeah. Well, I know what you mean. Even, even thinking in my own life, like if it's a day where like work was rough, or I didn't get, you know, I turned something in and I didn't get like great job. I'm, I'm constantly waiting for some sort of affirmation. If I don't get it, even if my boss was out or I had to cheat, I, I get sad. Right. I, you know you this. Do. I get yeah. really. It, it brings you. It down. brings me way down, and I'm pretty. Much more even keeled these days only because of the medication I'm on. I'm on an anti-anxiety. I talk about it all the time. It affects her. And I have an amazing husband and kid. Like I've, I'm better these days, but there's still those times where I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm like really you need brought down. positive feedback. I do. Everybody needs from positive other, but feedback. You're, but, but you're saying you don't need, I mean, it's nice to get, but you found it within yourself. Is that what you mean? Yeah, well, I think you're you're right, Dan. Everybody, it's nice to hear, but when you base your value and your significance on waiting to hear it, that's where you can. That's you're dangerous. You're behind. That's dangerous. That's dangerous. Okay. Yeah. Because you're waiting to hear positive feedback. Yeah. From whoever. For her, mom, dad, significant yeah, other, and, work, or like, friends. what if you apply for a job and you don't get it, or like whatever things like that too, and then you feel terrible about yourself or. I don't know. I just can't. Yeah. So getting to the, you know, getting to the place where you, you accept it as something better is going to come or something, you know, there's a reason for this. There's, you know, we all have goals of where we want to be. And realistically, we're not there yet for most of our goals. So there's this gap. And so what I found is that in order to get into alignment with where we want to go, there are certain things that we have to go through, certain growth, areas of growth within like our stages. thinking. Stages, yeah. So that we then are in alignment with where we want to be. And so it's, you know, it's kind of like you go to school, you want to become a doctor. You're not going to have everything you need to be a doctor after the first month of school, not even after the first year of school, not even after four years four of school. Years, yeah. Right? Maybe a decade. Yeah. Right. And you, and you still keep learning and there's new thing and you still always have to stay on top of your. So learning. it's a process. 
It's a process, but like, you know, you've been married for, for how many 20. years now? 20 years. God, that's amazing. I Stronger really celebrate you. Yeah. That is so awesome. And over those 20 years, have there been times where, you know, maybe you've wanted that, you know, uh, that, that comfort or that care and it hasn't come the way you wanted it or the way you were hoping it would. Totally. And then it causes you to question yourself or get upset or frustrated or totally. out. Like, why is why is my wife yelling at me why is she so <laughs> mad why is she angry right did i do something wrong no i know you get disappointed but, yeah when i don't make dinner sometimes well not I'm, always no wait <laughs> don't, <laughs> don't get me in trouble don't get me in trouble i'm <laughs> no, just saying I'm like just once saying, every couple yeah. weeks be nice to <laughs> in a while but i get home late at night, at night yes like, no, okay i know what you're saying yes but every now and then you don't get the response you're looking for like dan is very good about saying about take usually making my he's a good husband you look beautiful you know communicating but yes to your point there are times when this is not going to end well for no 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 it's not there are times when our needs aren't he's a man i'm a woman whether it's or when eden was really sick and i was looking for some sort of comfort i would look at him and he was able to like still watch basketball and we're in the hospital I'm like how could he just pretend like and to him he just needed you know and i wasn't and getting well, the comfort I well needed. and and the i guess my point being i you know i certainly didn't want to create <laughs> no, anything but it. the point <laughs> being is that we're all human right and we have all been raised a certain way and there's no way that we can possibly be everything to somebody so that's why i'm saying it is you know what what i have found that brings me the most peace is to recognize that nobody's ever, nobody in a human body is ever going to be able to give everything you need to you. And so that's why for me, what I have found is the foundation really has to be your connection to a higher source because that's where your peace comes from. And so if you're having issues with somebody in your life, it's easier to get to a place of acceptance. You know, I, I want to tell you, a, a little story that that really supports this and that is that um growing up my mom was french and german and she was a strong woman okay and then she she got alzheimer's uh it wasn't really alzheimer's more dementia and uh she it, it exacerbated that um kind of strength in her personality i'll say and so she was a type of woman that was very, kept everything close and she didn't really share much of anything. So it was really challenging growing up, uh, trying to figure out what, what is going on, what does she need? And there was a day where she was getting upset about something that my sister had done. She wouldn't explain to me what was going on. I was super frustrated. And there was always this push-pull with my mom. You know, if I'm, if I'm honest, you know, growing up, there was always this push-pull. And so I went outside and I just threw my arms up in the air and I said, what would love do? What would love do? And as soon as I said that, I, God gave me the most amazing vision of my mom. He allowed me to see what was really going on with her. And it brought me to an instant place of compassion. And what I realized was, oh my gosh, I've been so self-absorbed all about me you know why is she doing this why is this happening and I, i'm frustrated and why is blah 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 as soon as i understood what was going on with her and got to that place of compassion i mean it was an instant shift instant and when i walked back into the house here's the really amazing thing she shifted because i shifted my energy shift caused her to shift. And I'm telling you, for the first time in my life, my mother shared with me why she was upset. Wow. You had empathy for her. I had, yes, empathy. You had empathy. Mm-hmm. And what? you were not not against her or fighting with her. You were on her side. What's going on? And she Mom? could feel yeah. that from your energy. Yeah, exactly right. And from that point on, our relationship changed 80% wow. at least. What was the deal? What was happening? That Can day. Can you share? 
uh, what was happening with her. Yeah. Oh, it was basically, my sister had ordered some flowers for her mother's grave and that was something that she wanted to do. She had a very close relationship with her mom and it was nothing... It was nothing that nothing was... Nothing big. Nothing, nothing big. Okay. No. But it was just... It was big for her. Just some ball... Yeah, it was big for her because her mother was her best friend, her everything. Okay. And she wanted to take care of it. And she felt like she w- had lost that control. So, but, wow. the, but the bottom line was, in addition to our how our relationship changed, it wasn't just that moment. From there on out, things she used to say that would trigger me and I'm sure anybody listening who's in a relationship and experiences triggering things, right? It's because there's certain patterns that we have that certain things are said and we just... Even if it's 30, 40 years ago when you exactly. were like five years old, it still triggers. It still gets you. So I stopped being... I, I almost laughed when she would say the things that used to trigger me. I would find humor in it. Yeah. And then guess what? She stopped saying them altogether. Just yeah. like that. Do you yeah. teach that? I do. Yeah, I do. Because we have to get unhooked. Right. We have to get unhooked from these patterns and these triggers. And that is, so that I would say to anybody listening, those are four, that's a four word question that will instantly shift any relationship. What would love do? What would love do? What would love do? That's interesting. Good one. Now, is this for males and females? everyone for everybody across it's the board. everyone because it's not just romantic love it's it's divine love right. divine love but no it's like divine you love. said with your mom yeah. a sibling maybe even a co-worker that maybe you are frustrated with but if you shifted the way that you looked at it almost saw them differently it could shift that whole dynamic it shifts it in the most amazing way and i've had so many clients who, who do this? I've had friends that do it even with social media. How many times do you look at social media and maybe you get triggered? Right. And I, I had this oh, one friend. This is interesting. Yeah, I had one friend who was going to, somebody said something and she was going to spout off and then she stopped and she asked the question and she basically said that she got a download of something else that she should say and it, it diffused the whole situation. So that's the beauty of it because I think it's Einstein that said you can never solve a problem at the level it's created. You have to rise above it. So how do you rise above it? You have to get into a higher frequency. You have to get into, you know, I call it the God field because that gives you greater wisdom on how to respond. And it almost sounds like it's less emotional. You have to think it through because if you're emotional to stuff, we've had issues too where you're a little too close to a subject or a problem and you're too emotional to it step back and think about it rise above it and shift your and make thinking. a decision and shift your thinking yeah make right. a better decision i guess based on not being so emotionally tied to a situation or a problem well yes. can i re- remind you of a situation where you did that at your old job this was back at cbs and there was an editor or a graphic IT person. Oh yeah. Was popping off. Was and everybody liked you except for this one guy. He was trying to make your life difficult there, right? Right. And then you realized wait, this this guy's jealous. He's He's jealous. He has no friends. He just wanted to be part of a group. He was alone. He wanted to yeah. He wanted to be all right. So I we accepted him, we hung out with him and he was just alone. Yeah. He just he was angry. He was agitated. He was an IT guy. Not that all IT guys are, you know, nerdy or dorky, but they're there to help. And we befriended he him. He felt like an outsider. And he was, I still talk to him now. Yeah. And, and I thought that was I love that. beautiful because yeah. he had been really making your life difficult. Miserable. And wouldn't then, help out. And wouldn't then fix when anything. You made that realization, it changed so dramatically to your point. Like mm-hmm. completely new yeah. relationship. Which, yeah. And people need to realize that too, because that would like make life so much easier on so many subjects and topics. You know, it's, it's with what's going on in life today, right? It's, it's people want to be heard the most, I think the most common um, feeling that people want to have is that they are loved and accepted and appreciated, you know? And, and so when you don't feel that way, when you don't feel like you're enough, when you feel like you're an outcast, it's heartbreaking. It's soul shattering, really. Right. 
And so I love what you did, Dan, because, you know, you brought him into the fold and he felt accepted. Yes. And he felt like he belonged. But even my current job, too, I feel like I need to, you know, bring everybody in. You know, they want everybody wants to be a part of the group. Mm-hmm. Everybody wants to be accepted. But um, it's hard to teach that because everybody has clicks, even out of high school, out of college. Everybody say, has their sh- clicks and their groups. At every job I've been to, every friend group has their clicks, either a soccer club. Every group has their thing. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's good to be accepting. But it's tough sometimes to bring yes, everybody in the mix. It is. It is. And this is why always leading with that question, what would love do? And sometimes I've asked that question when I've been upset with my sister about something. And I'm like, ah, mom, you know, what would love do? And I've just heard ignore it. Interesting. Or, it, you know, you will get an answer. But typically we all have triggers. And so we're going to respond to things based on those triggers and those are not always going to be helpful. I'll put right. it that way or supportive and, yeah. you know, moving something forward in a good way. So it, and it's, it's basically really everybody, what I would love at some point in the world, myself included, I would certainly a far way to go from this myself, but just acceptance. Yeah. Acceptance is so key and we wouldn't have all the issues that we have and within couples, within couples. relationships yeah. and, within yourself acceptance of yourself that's a hard one sometimes though like i want to say i i want to say i like who i am but i can't always accept oh i have these 10 pounds i i can't lose i like i can't why can't i just accept that yeah it's 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 judging yourself it's letting the inner critic guide your thoughts and so it's about really helping yourself to understand you're beautiful the way you are right I mean this is the thing for women is really getting to that point of acceptance no matter how you know I'm aging and all the people that I know that are aging we're all you know it's challenging because historically that's women women were valued for their beauty right and that has to change you know, and it has to change by starting within. And that's why I say it's about understanding whose you are, that you have that significance. Well, what are some of the major issues that people come to you with? Mostly it's betrayal. You know, women A who... A lot. Yes. I mean, that is issue. my specialty because, you know, make your mess your message. So that's that's what I'm known for. And, uh, but what what, it always ends up happening is that I... Um, you know, we never talk about the the partner. It's always focused on the woman. And that's challenging because, you know, in the beginning, uh, and I know I went through this too, you want to blame the other person. But here's the thing with that is you never get anywhere with that, right? You never get anywhere. So when they start working with me, then we really look at, okay, you know how, let's look at how you how you got here yeah. and it's never to blame you it's always healing typically from childhood how are you sourcing your importance a lot of it has to do with setting boundaries because a lot of women have issues setting boundaries and they feel then taken advantage of they feel exhausted they feel unappreciated and so and a lot of them are afraid to set boundaries because they're afraid they're going to lose love if they set boundaries. So it's about helping them understand that they have a right to set a boundary. And, you know, the, the greatest, I have one client, um, we worked on this with her and she was really afraid to talk to her husband uh, about anything. And the greatest, the, you know, okay, I just have to say this too, because I never had kids. What I realized in my work is that all my clients are like my kids. Uh. And I feel like God is so amazing because, I, you know, this is like how many people would have hundreds of kids, right? I mean, not many people would ever get to experience that. So, I mean, nobody, really. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. Yes, Eden. Uh, you know, Kelly's Just paperwork tell- is on the, the it's dining on the, room the dining table. room table. Okay, great. Thanks. Thanks, love. Okay, bye. Close the door. Thanks. Cute. We'll cut this up. Yeah, yeah. Or we That's can keep good. it I in. Figured. Who knows? Yeah. Okay. Go on. Okay, okay, so I'm really interested. Okay, so good. 
So your yeah. client who couldn't talk yeah, to your, and so, her husband. Yes. And so I just was like a proud mom because she was telling me, oh my gosh, I have developed such a better relationship with my husband now because I have had the courage to speak up. And this stemmed from being a child and not feeling that whatever she had to say was important and getting shut down every time she spoke up. And so after we worked on that and healed that and she understood that she, she had a right to, to be able to, to set these boundaries, her husband started seeing her in a different yeah. way and their relationship became better than it ever was before. And so it's fun to get to see this expansion and this growth and this letting go of old ideas and beliefs that aren't the truth. Right. Archaic. Yeah. Well, that's Time the thing. And I love, I love in your book how open and honest you are when you're like, he wasn't the problem. You didn't even, it, he could have been anybody. He could have been any man. And it was because you were so working towards, like you were saying, your work goals and traveling and this. You didn't, that's how it wasn't him. And it, that, so I'm, that's great that you are so were able to really look at yourself. And I think to your point with that client or any, any of us sometimes don't want to say, oh, this is what I don't, one of the traits that I need to work on. Oh, this really was, I, sh I wasn't a good wife or I wasn't seeing my partner for, you know, bringing, or maybe it wasn't the right partner, but you also didn't want to see it, right? Like maybe you shouldn't have been with him, but you were like, oh, we're married and here's, we're trying to have kids. And, but maybe you made a mistake and who you chose, you know, so I, I love that your, your honesty about that and how you've now been able to, that you're Move able to on. help other people. Well, you know, and this is the thing is, um, and thank you because it, this is the truth. And this was the other thing that the, that my client said to me as well. She's like, Oh, I remember I wanted to tell you all about all the things he was doing. And you kept kind of saying, okay, well, let's focus on you, you know? Right. And she said, Oh my gosh, I realized that, you know, there were things I, I could be doing, but we, let's just face it. It's challenging to look at yourself, which is why, you know, it's always easier to have somebody else that can help you. And it's, it's never that you're being a bad person right. or that you're being a bad wife. It's never that. No, no. It's just that you are not recognizing the power that you actually have because you can't change somebody else, but you can change yourself. And, and you point things out. Here's what you could do not better, but to make yourself a better person or realize here's what in this situation, you should do A, B, and C. And well, you point those things out. Well, I'm not really directive like that. I, I like to work organically with people so that they have the awareness. I have different processes that I take them through, but I have a lot of natural insight that I work with people on. It's and they always get to what they need to get to. Okay. Yeah. They get to the point it's, where they're they're changing. Their lives are changing for the absolutely. better. Absolutely. I just want to touch on a quick point though. It sounds like a lot of people, male, female, they act the way they do because that's the way they were brought up. Mm -hmm. Yes. And that's something that needs to be corrected or changed sometimes to, I guess, not move on to be a productive person, but to be a more fulfilled person. Yeah, to be a more fulfilled person because we're we're always looking to get love, right? And we all learn how to get love in different ways growing up. Some people um, do it through acting out. Some people do it through good deeds. Some people, do, you know, however you found that you received love as a child, then you're going to carry that into your adult life. And so that's that may serve you and it may not serve you but the bottom line is is yes we all have we call them paradigms or patterns that we've gotten from the time that we were in our mom's womb you know when you're in your mom's womb her emotional state you're absorbing it mm. and then you are coming out into the world and then you have experiences and until you're about eight years old you don't have the ability to discern truth or, or false so you take everything on as a truth, you make meaning out of it, and then you take it into your adult life. And uh, there's a lot of research that's been done on this. This isn't just me saying this. There's a ton of research on this. 
that uh, a lot of, um, you know, our patterns then are developed. And then if we, some of them serve us, but those aren't the ones we're really, you know, wanting to, to look at. Right. The ones that are causing issues for us are the ones that we want to look at. Because yeah, as you said, Dan, we're here to have joy. We're here to experience expansion and love. You know, God wants to work through each of us to experience life in the most expressive and expansive way. And so if you have an idea, but you're afraid to do it or to take action on it, you're not really fulfilling your destiny. You're not allowing yourself to reach a point of, of expansion so that you really are living your life in a sense that you, you love your life. You're getting the most out of life. Yeah, exactly. That's what everybody needs to do. So my question is, um, as I was, you know, looking through your website and that all your different services in addition to the coaching and so how did you come across all these different modalities? Like mm. one, I wanted to ask you about the psych K is that the ketamine? Are you a ketamine? Is that what that is? Psych K? What's psych K? Okay. Psych K uh, is a modality. It's a oh. mind body modality. Okay. And basically it was developed by a psychotherapist who wasn't kidding anywhere with talk therapy. Okay. Not, I'm definitely not saying that, uh, I mean, I'm a big believer of talk therapy, but this was, this was, uh, Rob Williams is his name. And he was finding that he wanted to see people change more quickly. So he, uh, discovered this technique that works with the right and left brain hemisphere and literally creates new neural pathways in your mm -hmm. brain so that it creates new patterns. And, you know, there's a lot of ways to get to things, but this, was something that um, I was introduced to and I instantly fell in love with it because I thought this is so key because so many people want to change, but it's challenging to change because those patterns, patterns they want to keep you where you're at. Yeah. They think they're keeping you safe, you know? And so you'll start to move forward, but then the part of you that doesn't feel safe doing that is going to pull you back. And so uh, this was a modality that I discovered and um, back in 2008, actually. Wow. And there aren't a lot of people that use this modality, but I have found with the women that I've been working with that they have had a lot of success with it because it does create the new neural pathways. And that's what has to happen. Yeah. You know, there's all the science now with the neuroplasticity that you can, you can change, you can so I know it's so hard. Old habits are so hard to break. And, you know, I, I can see that because I've tried so many times to break different habits here or there. And somehow, like you said, it's like two steps forward, three steps back. So how changing the neural pathways is fascinating. I think that's so interesting. But, but at the same time, as you get older, is it really harder to break habits or patterns? Can no. you break out of it if you want to? Yes. But so the old age has nothing to do with it. No. I it agree because to do with it. I have the same patterns now that I did when I was eight, but I've been able to change others. What a, a pattern like ne uh, saying you would never have a dog in your house. <laughs> right. That's exactly. One lies on your lap we right promise now. both of us swore up and down forever until COVID that we would never ever we were on the filthy same page. dog <laughs> shedding hair. And here we are with oh, a dog. Yeah. Thank goodness because <laughs> thank goodness. So sweet. Right. Oh, but yes, exactly. So cute. So, okay, so age has nothing to do with it. Age has nothing you have to, to do want to with do it. it. But yes, more than anything you have to want to do with it. And you have you have to want to do it. Is it hard the steps to I mean, I know we don't have no. time now to talk about like yeah, that no. seems like a a big like how do you change your brain or the pathways in your brain well it's just it's a modality it's a mind body modality okay. and it's quick and it's non-invasive really? and you basically like anything though you have to take um action steps mm -hmm. as well so you're what you're doing with when you're you know changing your belief system you're creating a new foundation that's going to help support who you want to become, the goals you want to get to, so that it makes it easier. But you do have to keep taking the action steps, right? You have to take action steps. It's like, you know, you you want an app. You download the app on your phone, but if you don't use it, right. you're not uh, going to get any benefit from it. Yeah. 
you have to still put in the work or still use it at least. Right? You have to still, yeah, but it's, it's, it's less frightening, mm-hmm. you know, because, um, you've got the belief now that's wow. in your, your subconscious mind. That's, 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 you know, that's basically 92% of our behavior comes from our subconscious. So we're basically on autopilot. I believe you because so much of, I feel, and I know I, I've read this on your website, it's like that little voice in your head. That's what stopped me my whole life from trying different things, going maybe for with something I really wanted to do. Try, And so how is it, how do you change that little voice in your mind or not listen to it or? Yeah, you create new beliefs, right? Because that voice, it's, it's basically which is is stronger right and so the so you know right now for most of us what holds us back is the voice of fear right because there's only two things there's love and fear so that voice of fear gets louder and louder and louder and then it causes you to get distracted to delay things talk yourself out of it and then you don't do it but if you can create a belief which you're able to you know listen i I, I'm, I know I'm switching, but I just had this memory of a client telling me, you know, her husband had uh, betrayed her and every time and he, but he wanted to work it out. So they wanted to try to work it out. But every time he left the house, she would get crazy, right? So worried. Oh my gosh, is he going to go see the other woman? What's he going to do? She was so nervous about it. And so we worked on that unhooking it because that's part of the psych k as well this process is that there's uh i call it the magic transformation tool because you literally can't unhook you know your feelings from your nervous system or the patterns i should say from the nervous system and so we did a lot of work on unhooking her fears around this and i'll never forget her getting on the phone with me one day and saying oh my gosh sherry my husband left and i feel neutral I'm not worried. Wow. I'm not worried. She unhooked. Yeah. And that was a game changer because wow. then she could live her life. Oh, right. That's a long process though. Was it a year? No. It a year no. Okay. no. 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 It's yeah. hard. I mean, male, female, it doesn't matter. When someone betrays you, it's really hard to get gain trust again. Well, exactly. that's what Sherry's saying. It's not even trusting them but it's about yourself in trusting a way trusting yourself oh man but it's got to be tough uh-huh. well, well it's, it's yeah leaves, it's not an overnight where is he right. going what's he doing yeah no but i feel like i understand this as a woman what you're saying and maybe somebody as as in tune with yourself and women as you are it's still a little different this there's something true and true. i have friends too where their uh, significant other has cheated on them and there's always that fear of like where is she going what is she doing she says she's going to work, but I call her. She doesn't pick up her phone. Oh, I don't know. So it's always, things. yeah, it's always a question. Uh, of, but yeah. it definitely goes both ways. I don't know what the percentage are for male, female. Well, it's imagine. both sides for but sure. It does, but it, it doesn't matter. It's betrayal is betrayal. Betrayal is betrayal. And it's, it's hard to unhook. It's got to be. It is. But this is the, the, the thing about it is it happens for us to grow. Yeah. There's a lot involved with betrayal. There's forgiveness. There's uh, acceptance. There's healing the hurt. It's a huge heart expander if we allow it to be. And where we where we can get stuck is when we just stay in the past and we don't allow ourselves to move through it. And why that's dangerous is because it's really dangerous to ourselves. You know, it's very dangerous to ourselves because you have all these toxic thoughts running around, like you were saying, your friend's saying, where is she? She doesn't pick up her phone. Constantly. Constant. It's a tug of war. Oh, and then that drives him crazy. Yep. And then he can't focus on work. And then he can't be a good dad. And, and be then happy and be, be happy. So it's really uh, detrimental to uh, having a good life. And so, you know, for some people, you know, they'll reach a point where they will leave. You know, it just depends. Both people have to be on board, you know. Well, that's what I was thinking even is in that situation, you know, I don't know what happened with your client, but there might have gotten to that point where she's like, I'm neutral. And I realized I don't want to stay in this relationship. Like here's, you know, somebody might be harboring all of this anger, sadness, heartbreak. And then 
trying to make it work and okay. And then maybe one day they have that epiphany within themselves. It's like you do, if you're not going to love me the way I need to be loved and you can go betray me that way, maybe this wasn't where I'm supposed to be. Right. So exactly. That's what I'm, I'm understanding from it, from your work is like finding your inner diamond so that as much as you can love somebody else and be in a relationship, whatever it is with them, they're going to do their thing and you can't control it. So whether you're disappointed, betrayed or not, you, you're happy enough, shining enough within yourself, I guess. I don't know. Am I right? Like that, of course you'll feel the emotion, but you can also kind of go, okay, what was the bigger message in here? How do I move on without, you know, sinking to the floor and crying for three days and the rest can I ever love again? Kind of yes. How do I pick myself up again? Absolutely. That's it. Absolutely. You got it. Absolutely. hundred percent. And it basically, it leads to self-love. That's ultimately, that's what happens is that people find that self-love, which is so important because that is the connection to that diamond power. And when you love yourself, then you can come from a place of wisdom rather than fear. Do I really want to be in this relationship? Is it really serving? Is it worth it? Is it worth it? And if the other person's on board and you want to, as this client who said she was neutral, he was on board and they ended up, she then told me, oh my gosh, Sherry, we have an intimacy in our relationship that we have never had before. And they had been together over 40 years. Wow. She'd known him since she was eight years old. And that was beautiful. And it wasn't just, you know, in the bedroom intimacy, it was a sharing of their soul intimacy and they created an absolutely exquisite relationship some people are able to do that other people yes they've said you know what i have made the decision that this isn't where i want to be anymore but the the thing that my goal and my intention is always to help and support somebody get to that place where they can make that decision on their own and really um, be empowered to come from that place of wisdom instead of fear. So a couple other things real quick, because I'm really interested in, I've done, I've had Reiki done on me once. I've been to a sound bath, but I've never had sound healing. Tell me about how some of those other modalities that you are the coaching systems and and things how, how does that all work and fit into everything oh thank you yes um well i love healing and i've always been really passionate about it and so i discovered sound also back in 2008 and i work primarily with tuning forks uh for years i've worked with tuning forks and what the principle behind it is that um we our cells have an optimal vibration but the thoughts that we have clog them, the foods that we eat can clog them, the environment can clog them. And when any of uh, any part, some people refer to it as your chakras, you know, from uh, which are there are seven main ones from the top of your head to down to the, your tailbone. And if any of it's basically energy centers where where your where the flow goes through and if any of them are blocked, it can make you feel off. And so what, um, what, what I have discovered and learned and is a truth is that sound helps to vibrate out all the things that are not in alignment with optimal health. And so it's worked for um, depression, for heartache, for um, uh, it's worked for health as well. Um, it's worked for, I've used them, um, you know, my mom, um, she had lung cancer and, uh, she passed away, but she had a lot of pain. And so I would use it to help with the pain and it would, it didn't take it away forever, but it, it helped so that she didn't have to be on so much morphine. And, um, and then it's, it takes away, as I said, it takes away all the gunk, you know, because, uh, it gets into the nooks and crannies basically. And it helps, to uh, remove, you know, and everything has an energy to it. Our thoughts have an energy to it, to them. And so if they're not thoughts that are high level thoughts, then we feel kind of contracted and, and not in great spirits. 
So the sound helps to remove that and to help you come back to center, to wholeness and holiness. So that's, and then I've also incorporated sound bowls and I use crystal bowls, which are attuned to love and Christ consciousness and um, just really the deep levels of your heart center. And so I love them because it, it helps everybody get back to their center. And then I also am a holy love Reiki master. And so um, I work with that modality as well. So I've never done the, the, the tuning, the sound, but that sounds amazing. And I understand now what you're, you have to keep doing it. Because I did have an amazing experience when I went, when I had my Reiki done. I, I did it. And I have really bad back issues. And I just went in there. And first of all, you know, I, whatever I was feeling and I felt the energy moving. And I just remember, of course, she never physically touched me, but I remember when she was in different areas crying or really feeling pain and struggling. And I walked out of that session and out into the world. And within the next couple of days, my back pain literally went away. I mean, it was amazing. Now, did it come back? Sure, because I only did it once. So I believe in it wholeheartedly. So it's, how is that? So as a healer or Reiki master, or you just are able to connect and you know how to move the energy or what somebody needs. How does that work? Well, I never take credit for it. I just, um, I just open myself up to be a vessel Wow. for, you know, um, for Christ to work through me for whoever I'm working on. And I, it's, it's really awing because it's definitely not me. Hmm. <laughs> it's definitely not me. Right. But you've had a lot of positive feedback. People come back to you and thank you. Or do happy. it often. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it, it moves the energy. Yeah. So when things come back, it's, it's, it can be because of maybe you're um, walking in a certain way. Right that hasn't been corrected yet that could bring it back or it could be thoughts that mm -hmm. um haven't been dealt with you know so there's lots of different reasons why it can come back but it definitely also has the ability to uh to heal you know i was talking 100%. i was talking with a friend of mine and i don't remember if it was reiki or massage she had this done a few weeks ago and um, she was she went to a healer, and when he got to her knees, for some reason, she's like, "Oh, this massage feels." You know, in her head, she was thinking, and all of a sudden, when he got down to the knee, she just started bawling. She didn't know why, but like this huge release. And then they never spoke about it. And even when he got to the next knee, same thing. She just had this overwhelming sense of emotion. It was just something needed to be released, and that was it. Mm -hmm. It was fascinating. What was it? Her knees. No, it had nothing. She wasn't even, it wasn't pain. They weren't in pain. It was, was there like emotion. something, emotion stuck in there from childhood or something she's been holding, but somehow it, it was stuck there, I guess. Mm -hmm. Is that? Yeah. It is just emotion lodges in our body and our, it's in our cellular uh, structure. And so, um, and you know, everybody's different as to where it's going to hang out. So it's it's interesting i know one time my dad had um a kidney stone um, and so he had surgery to get it out which was really dangerous because he'd had a stroke and so he had to get off his medication and he kind of had a little mini stroke uh with the wow. surgery and when he went in they found that he still when they did the ultrasound they saw that there was still some remnants of it and they wanted to go in and do another surgery and we were all concerned saying oh i don't know how that's going to be so I told him, well, what about having me do my tuning forks? You know, I mean, and he, he was great. He's like, sure, why not? Let's try it. And I, I did see when I was doing the work, um, I was able to see what it looked like inside. And six days, I did every night for, you know, when he went to bed, I did about maybe 10, 10, 15 minutes, not a long time. And after six days, it came out. <gasps> wow. It flowed out. And he, and he showed me what it was, and it was exactly what I had seen. Wow. So 
that's but that again that's not me that's you know just what wants to, that's the higher power that wants to come through so you're just a vessel you know you're just a vessel it's uh, okay one other thing and then I we'll have like two go. more questions oh, you you go first and then i have one okay. I, i'm gonna wrap so go ahead the dream dan and i were both together fascinated about the on the dream building or achieving your dreams because he and i mm. together have a dream right or a couple of dreams but we love doing our podcast. We, we have a dream about someday actually being able to sustain ourselves doing something, whether it's podcast format or TV show for something format. We really think what we've been, we love what we do and we think or hope that our listeners get something from it, enjoy listening. And we've ha- say that was our dream or something else. How, how do you work with people on that sort of achieving their dreams part because that's that was really interesting too i love that part i i mean (laughs) honestly that's one of my favorite things to do because you you um you you know i just work with people to help them figure out what it is that they would love creating that vision and then really working on as i as i've been talking about creating the behaviors and the patterns and the action steps and the person you know who is that person who's living that life and so it really is about just figuring out what would you love and then uh, creating images you know we call them scaffolding images because uh, in order in order to achieve your dream you must be in a frequency of alignment with it so what do I what do I mean by that? Basically, I know you probably mean it, but if anybody doesn't, you understand it is what I meant to say. We can cut that part out. Uh, no, we can't even. <laughs> no, no, no. Don't worry, don't worry. We love it all. We love it all. Keep going. <laughs> we can cut it out. <laughs> so Sherry's editing us. <laughs> I just get so excited about this because it is so fun to see people achieve their dreams. But what it is is, your dream is living at a frequency right? And you just have to become the person who's in that same frequency so that all, everything lines up. The resources come in, you all of a sudden, you know, have you ever thought, oh my gosh, when you've really wanted something and, and you're just like, wow, this person contacted me out of the blue, or I ran into this person, or, you know, this happened. It's, it's always out of the blue. Well, it's because you're energetically aligned with that dream. So, you want to have a blueprint, basically, of what that dream would look like and feel like and, uh, you know, and sound like, because in order to raise your frequency, what research has shown is that when you engage your senses, it, it, it builds a momentum. It builds a momentum. And when you live in that space uh, often enough, you know, you're, you're really got it in the forefront of your mind, then you are going to energetically keep rising up and you're, and you're taking action steps and you're aligning with it. And you don't even, you know, just keeping it in the forefront of your mind is really important. You know, they did a study with athletes. I don't know if you're familiar with this, but they, they hooked athletes up with all these electrodes to kind of, um, kind of find out what was going on in their bodies when they were imagining themselves winning at their, whatever it was they were going to compete in. Super Bowl, World Series, Championship. PGA Golf. Yeah. Whatever, one of the, yeah. Whatever they really wanted, what was their sport? It was always in the forefront of their mind. Yeah, they were literally sitting in a chair. The electrodes were hooked up to them so they could see what's going on. And they were told, okay, I want you to now imagine yourself going through the race, playing, whatever it is, and that you've won. And they did this all sitting down. But what they discovered was that things started wire, you know, firing and wiring in their body. Their muscles actually start just as though they were actually wow. doing the race. Interesting. So wow. it, it this is why it is so important to visualize it and to have it in the forefront of your mind. And then, you know, obviously to take your action steps with it too. But that's all it is. It's like, okay, this is what I want. This is where I'm at. And I'm just going to keep taking the steps to get there. 
this has been a nice fascinating and inspiring and amazing and we will have to follow up on that because maybe yeah, Dan totally. and I can work together with you but Sherry tell everybody how did they could learn more about you contact you anything that you'd like to share because this is exciting to me and I know it's exciting to a lot of other people oh so. thank you so yeah. much thank you I would love to yeah if you want to find out anything more about me you can go to my website which is the divine love institute and uh, you can find my book there. It's a free download. Um, I have a blog. I have lots of free resources and tools and uh, different programs. And uh, if you want to reach out to me, you can reach me at Sherry at TDL Institute. The TDL stands for the Divine Love. So Sherry at TDL Institute. And my name is S-H-E-R-R-I. And I would absolutely love to support anyone who wants to move forward and, and really claim a better life wow and do you do a lot of things over zoom now too because we do have people who listen in other states maybe even other yeah. countries so it can i'm assuming now since covid happened and or maybe even prior some of this can be done obviously not maybe the the tuning or the sound or reiki as yeah, much actually i do do oh, that really over, yeah i do that wow. over uh i i actually pretty much 100 percent of my clientele is over the phone or over zoom and wow. it's i've been um coaching for 15 years now oh wow i do private coaching and i do group coaching and because of covid they did a lot with uh, the ability to do the sound over the internet and so i actually do monthly uh divine love healing sound journeys and um it's it's there's a lot of things that i'm doing so please feel free to visit my website and you'll find a lot of different resources and tools that are that are free as well. That's amazing. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. One last question. If you want to talk about this, it's totally up to you. You are betrayed. Where are you right now in your life? Where am I as far as wanting as trusting somebody oh, else? As trusting. Significant yeah. Other. Yeah. Have you gone full circle? Have you come around to it? Are you out dating? Are you accepting to other people in your life now? It's a tough adjustment for you, I'm sure, after you were betrayed. Yeah. No, great question. It. I'll be honest, it took me a while. Yeah, it wasn't something that happened overnight. But yeah, I have worked through a lot of that. And I am definitely open to dating. I, I do date. Uh, I definitely would like to have somebody else in my life again. The thing that I love about my life is that I am, I have developed that really feeling of um, living with significance is more important to me than anything. And so I am open and accepting of if that's, you know, whatever is meant to be, will be. But I would definitely love to meet somebody. All right. Okay. Good to know. Thank you. Thank you, Sherry. This has been so great. Thank you, Thank yeah. you so really much for having me. Thank yeah. You. This was wonderful. So great. <laughs>